0: I'm Lauren Barry, and this is the On Deadline podcast from Odyssey, where we take a closer look at a top story out of our radio newsrooms across the country. On Deadline today is the political war still raging in the hallowed halls of the United States Congress, while an external war rages between Israel and Hamas. Disclosure. In the On Deadline newsrooms, at various points in the last week, these phrases have been shouted out. Scalise may be in. Scalise is out. Jim Jordan is in. Nope, Jim Jordan is out. Uh, Jordan may be back in. There's a second vote. It's been a mess. And these moments reflect the absolute chaos surrounding the House of Representatives and its lack of ability to choose a speaker after, in an unprecedented move, they ousted previous Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Since then, the GOP nominated Steve Scalise for the role. But he failed to get enough votes to win the job and pulled his name out of the running. Then, Ohio Republican Representative Jim Jordan put his hat in the ring. He lost his first bid for House Speaker Tuesday when 20 Republicans opposed him. Battered but undeterred, he announced that a second vote would take place Wednesday after he met with key Republicans to try to gain more support. Experts warn that it would be an uphill climb, especially since Jordan was a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump's unfounded and potentially criminal election fraud claims. They call the House of Representatives the People's House. If that's true, the people may have some explaining to do. Congresswoman Nicole Malliotakis, a Jim Jordan supporter from Staten Island, broke it all down for Odyssey in New York.
1: I was disappointed, but we—I think—we knew that he wouldn't be able to get it on the first round. Remember, Speaker McCarthy uh, took 15 rounds. Even—even even Pope Francis took five rounds of ballots. So we—we we have to still come together. We need to get this done today. Um, Look, I'm very disappointed to begin with that Speaker McCarthy was removed. He should have never been removed. He didn't deserve that. He worked hard to prevent a debt default, to prevent a shutdown. He should have been applauded. And instead, eight individuals from our party sided with all the Democrats to remove him as the Speaker, bringing this chaos in, in Congress. Uh, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to unite and move forward because we just have so much work to do. And that's really what I'm focused on. I was happy with Kevin McCarthy as the speaker. I was happy when Steve Scalise was selected, even though I preferred Jordan. I would have supported him on the floor, too, to be the speaker. Uh, The bottom line is we have to recognize that what is ahead of us is so much more important than the the differences that we may have within our conference uh, or within the Congress itself. I would
2: imagine that there is some closed door arm twisting and horse trading going on right now because the House is in recess before the next round of voting. Is it now kind of the wild, wild west for the next rounds?
1: Well, look, I don't think it's that those types of backroom deals. What I think it is, is is people who have legitimate questions, some who have petty bitterness, right? Let's be honest. Uh, What has happened here over the last two weeks has been very upsetting to many people because we feel that Speaker McCarthy should have never been removed when 97 percent of the conference supported him. Uh, but nonetheless, here we are. And so I think there are still some questions. Some of the freshmen have questions. They may not have worked as closely with Jim Jordan as the rest of us has. But I want my New Yorkers to, because there was a couple of New Yorkers who voted against him as a speaker. They chose to vote for Lee Zeldin, who's not even running. Um, although Lee would have been a great choice, too, had he been a, is still in Congress and, and wanting to be the speaker. But what I'll say is this. Jim Jordan actually helped us last year when we tried to get uh, the 9-11, widows and children, the money they were rightfully they rightfully deserve from the uh, fund of, of terrorism spon- sponsors to make sure that they were made whole um, following what happened to their families. He helped us draft that legislation that eventually passed on the floor. So he's someone who can work with all of us, whether we're from New York, whether we're from a moderate district, whether for for a a more conservative district, he understands what it means to build the team and that we all have to give a little and focus on important things that bring us together. We want to be able to secure the border. We want energy independence to lower these energy costs for families. We want to be able to have less wasteful uh, spending. We want to balance our books to make sure we're paying down our debt uh, to protect the future of this country. Those are things that unite us and we have to get a speaker in place so we can move forward and also, So when we're having these critical things happening around the world, uh, we're seeing our ally in the Middle East under attack. They're at war. They need our support. We need to get this together, not to mention 30 days, government funding expires. And so we need a speaker in place so we can pass the remaining eight appropriation bills and send them over to the Senate. And then use this time to negotiate, use our leverage to get some concessions out of the Senate and the White House that the American people want, like secure borders.
2: Congresswoman, do you see any scenario here where perhaps this circles back to a Kevin McCarthy or a Steve Scalise?
1: I'm not sure if look, anything can happen, right? But um, what I would say is, look, we would love to see Kevin McCarthy be the speaker. He He was a, a good speaker. I thought he was fair. And the fact that the Democrats joined this right-wing fringe to remove him was very disturbing because, after all, uh, he worked across party lines to avert the shutdown, to avert the debt uh, default, and those are things that should have been applauded. But instead, uh, the Democrats chose to side with this right-wing fringe of our party to bring the House to complete standstill. Uh, so I'm hopeful, look, we'll get this resolved one way or the other the other i will see uh, who emerges as the speaker i still think jim jordan has a very good ch- shot of of doing that i think he is the person who can unite um the more moderate members the centrists uh like myself i would say and then those who are the more ultra conservatives and everyone in between and so uh the most important thing though as i see it is that we just got to get a speaker so we can go back to work. There's just too much happening in the world. We have American hostages. We have our ally at war. And the fact that we're sitting here still doing this is very frustrating to me, I'm sure, the people that I represent.
0: Surely this must end at some point. Members of the GOP have said they want to prevent the spectacle that happened last time when it took an embarrassing 15 rounds of voting to get McCarthy in as speaker. The endless process was the subject of jokes on The Daily Show, Stephen Colbert's show, and more. Colbert compared it to the movie Avatar, except McCarthy's vote chaos was Satatar. Congressman Chuy Garcia tweeted a picture of Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, writing that he was the only Kevin who could defend the House. So can the GOP get away from the process this time around without becoming a punchline? Stephen Portney from ABC News weighed in on expectations versus reality.
3: There was the talk before all of this that they hoped to avoid what happened uh, when Kevin McCarthy was appointed House Speaker, this vote after vote after vote, but it appears that that might not be the case. Well, just uh, the fact is Jim Jordan uh, doesn't uh, want to do that. Uh, The idea was that perhaps, and it was talked about a lot last week, that uh, the conference should not put the House or the country through a protracted uh, process where we see the roll call play out again and again and again. But uh, Jordan's strategy seems to be that that's the most effective way to get to 217 votes, and that is to identify the holdouts and allow uh, uh, Republican voters to see who they are and have pressure applied. Uh, Jordan is uh, not just the favorite of the former president, Donald Trump. He's also very well known in conservative media across the country and has a large national following. He's a founder of the Freedom Caucus, the current chair of the House Judiciary Committee, and he's well known to Republican voters across the country. Better known than almost anyone else who would be up for the speakership. And so he's hoping to leverage that national profile on Capitol Hill. The problem for him is on Capitol Hill, he's got a different reputation. And that is one of a firebrand, someone who is a a hard-charging person who perhaps isn't easy to work with. I don't know, but that's the perception. And so um, we'll see how it all shakes out. But again, the only way he becomes Speaker is with the near unanimity of his fellow Republicans. So far, no one has been able to achieve that near unanimity. Let's see if putting the person on the floor under the white-hot spotlights uh, with the television cameras focused on the members, whether he fails or achieves the magic number to win the game.
0: All of this creates a larger question of why the House of Representatives is so mired in disorganization and, frankly, dysfunction. Michael Beds, a political science and public management professor, discussed this with Odyssey in San Francisco.
4: So uh, what is it that's endemic to the Republican Party now that...
2: Well, for a long time, these votes for Speaker were, were uh, pretty pro forma. Once it made it past uh, the caucus decision and they moved to the floor, votes were pretty unanimous. But starting around 2010 with the rise of the Tea Party, um, there have been more protests during these votes for Speaker. Um, I trace that to the Tea Party's focus primarily on the process of how legislation gets written in the House, uh, less of an emphasis exactly on what's in the bills and more on how it gets done. And their power has grown over time. And Coupled with that, the House right now, uh, Republicans in the House have a very narrow margin. They can only afford to lose four votes on a vote for Speaker. So that's made for a very uh, complicated picture.
4: And as we saw, Kevin McCarthy, when he ran for Speaker, successfully made a lot of compromises, a couple of them coming back to, to bite him.
2: Yes, uh, particularly the motion to vacate. Now, in the past, this was a motion that took perhaps a majority of the party to actually push to the floor. And the motion to vacate is the way that the House can recall someone from their position. So with McCarthy's promises, that was whittled down from a majority of the party to just one vote. And that's all it took from Matt Gates just two weeks ago.
4: You think the nation is learning a a good lesson here about just how little can be done, can get done in government without a speaker?
2: Right now, all they have is Patrick McHenry serving as the speaker pro temp. Now, this was a position that was created following 9-11 in case the speaker was incapacitated, but we've never tested it before. And the way many people are understanding it is that the speaker pro temp doesn't have a lot of authority. He's sort of like a Temporary substitute teacher. He can maybe take attendance, but he's not introducing uh, any new lessons. So right now, there's no legislating. Um, everything starts in the House, and without a Speaker, nothing can get done.
4: And uh, consensus builder seems to be a bad uh, a bad term in the Republican Party right now. You sort of need somebody who's out front and uh, vociferous, like a Jim Jordan.
2: That's maybe exactly why uh, the House is now rallying around Jordan. He, he's a very unique candidate for speaker. Typically, this is seen as an internal promotion. This is someone who has served as maybe whip in the House, or they've served as leader, but they've served within their party in the, in the formal leadership apparatus. And Jordan has been attacking the people serving in those positions. So that's, that's been one of the challenges he's facing as he has these last remaining holdouts. Um, he doesn't have that experience in leadership. People don't know what sort of leader he'll be like. He also uh, doesn't have the fundraising record that's normally required of someone who's going to serve as speaker. Speakers serve as the face of their party, and they're normally out raising money all the time. And that's not something that Jordan has done. So people are eyeing Jordan and thinking, "This is someone. I don't know how he leads. I don't know how effective he is at raising money." And that's probably uh, leading to. Why he has uh, a few remaining holdouts,
4: Michael? I lied to you. I have one more question. What's the likelihood? <laughs> what's the likelihood that maybe some moderates in the party could reach across the aisle for some sort of compromise to get just to get a speaker and to get something going?
2: Well, even this morning, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries was floating the idea of perhaps elevating the current speaker pro temp Patrick McHenry, um, if just a a few Republicans were to break off, and if all Democrats voted to support McHenry, then he becomes the Speaker. This seems very unlikely. Um, If a Republican were to do that, um, they are essentially writing away any chance of being reelected. I could see from here until next fall, nothing but campaign ads against them, people rushing to challenge them in a primary. Um, It would be very hard for them to retain their seat. But if you could perhaps persuade a few who are going to retire anyway, then this becomes a more viable solution. Unfortunately, at this point, all solutions seem unlikely. It, it's hard to see how they figure this out.
0: Representative Patrick McHenry, a North Carolina Republican, has served as Speaker pro tem since McCarthy was ousted, But in that role, McHenry doesn't have the same powers as a chosen House Speaker. And if you're wondering what the Democrats have to say about it, here's the answer. They're staying out of it. NBC News reported that Democrats are standing firm in their refusal to bail out the House Republican majority. NBC added that there are no serious discussions taking place on a Speaker picked with bipartisan votes. So until the GOP figures it out, hands are tied in the House. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strouser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Berry, and I want to say thanks for listening to the On Deadline podcast, Odyssey's deeper look at a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed.